Hey guys, how are you guys? <laughs> Response. <laughs> <laughs> could you be? Actually, it wasn't. I was gonna say, could you be more southern? Was but I? you didn't really. You really weren't because you said guys twice. Hey y'all. There you go. There it is. Y'all like the way he looks today? He's kind of gangster looking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. She walked in and laughed at me for a second. I walked in his office minutes. and I got giggling. And he's like, what? And I'm like, you look a little gangster today. <laughs> I just, I'm not sure why she said it's that. It's cute. You need your, you need your hat on. Uh, so, hey, here hey. we are. We are at the end of uh, Matthew chapter 25. And uh, we've been talking about some parables of Jesus. Talked about the parable of the ten bridesmaids or ten virgins. Talked about the um, parable last week. The three servants. The three servants. I would say the talents. That's yeah, how parable I know of the it. talents. It was thrown. Did it mess with the the translation that yeah. we read? Used bags of silver, but I've always <laughs> known that as the talents. They had talents. They yeah. were given talents, which is what they called money. Um, and so yeah, it kept throwing which always me off messed last me. Week. Honestly, that messed me up as a kid because I literally thought it meant like talent. Like what talent? Like this I can guy sing, was given the ability can, to sing, I play can the juggle. piano, <laughs> juggle. Um, but yeah, so that kept throwing me off last week. We grew up old school yeah. church, and so joy quotes verses out of the King James version. King James. That's that's joy. Um, so anyway, yeah, that was last week, and so then we're coming to the end. Uh, of Matthew 25 and today I personally would not call this it is referred to as a parable uh, in 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 a, in a way but I personally would not call this a parable mm -hmm. actually I say it's referred to as a parable I don't know if it is or not well and you know how it's the descriptions kind of they in, give yeah. you above your Bible it does not say parable the yeah. other ones say parable I think in in studying it I saw some places like some people refer to it as the parable of the sheep and goats yeah it's not so much a parable as it is a metaphor yeah I think and a real life event <laughs> I always get confused with metaphors and analogies and <laughs> stuff like that uh, but yeah, I think it's a metaphor. Yeah. It's more of a metaphor because it's talking about an actual event that is going to happen. So actually in my Bible, it's titled, uh, Jesus Tells About the Final Judgment. Mm -hmm. And so the context, so it's kind of interesting because again, if, you, if you've been around for a couple of weeks, um, Jesus talked about in Matthew 24, he was talking about when he would come back. The disciples asked, well, hey, how will we know when that's going to happen? Mm -hmm. So he starts talking about some of the signs that you can see. And then 25 is just a seamless transition in. It's a continuation. Bible was not written in chapters and verses. And so it's just a conversation that's happening. And he gives those two parables of uh, first the ten virgins, which is really, do you know Jesus? Do you have the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Do you really know him? Uh, and then you have the ten talents or the, the parable of the talents and the three guys. And it's this, did you, did you produce? Did you invest <laughs> what I gave you? Did you invest what I gave yeah. you? What did you do with your salvation, right? right? Um, and then he flows into this one. So those are very much like... Hey, you're going to stand before God. Mm -hmm. uh, one is Jesus is going to come back. Are you going to be ready for that? That's the first one. Yeah. The next one is, hey, he's coming back. What have you done? And then this one is even further. Like I would I would say, all right, I would say that the, the parable with the talents and the three men, that really talks about the rapture and the ten bridesmaids, the ten virgins really talks about the rapture of the church. Jesus is going to come back for his people, and there's going to be some that are taken and some that are left. This final judgment actually goes further into the future, um, and in that event that will happen at the end of the tribulation. Mm -hmm. So uh, hopefully we're not losing people on this, because this is not something we've talked about on the podcast before, but mm -hmm. uh, if you're familiar at all with kind of uh, end times events that talks about in the Bible, Revelation. We'll read a little bit from Revelation today. It talks about the fact that Jesus is going to rapture the church. The word rapture means taking away. And so he is going to come back. This is the promise that Jesus gave is, hey, I'm leaving. I'm going to build you a house in heaven. Uh, I'm going to come back for those who uh, love and serve and believe in me. Yeah. That will be the rapture. Uh, and then depending on how you read uh, the Bible, there will be a seven-year period of tribulation where there will be just chaos and 
almost literal hell on earth that will take place. Uh, that's where we read about the mark of the beast and all these plagues and different things that will happen. And then at the end of that, Jesus comes mm-hmm. um, and there's some great songs that are written about it. You got one in your head, right? I was singing it going home the other what? night. Behold, he oh. comes riding on the... Anyway, uh, <laughs> everything has a I song, you, guys. But you had that other one. That oh, we listened to the other day. Oh, that one. <laughs> also, you got to tag it in here somewhere just for... Uh, some of our old school folk will know who it is. <laughs> um, but anyway, so, and then at the end of all that, that Jesus comes back and and it talks about the final judgment where he will judge and it doesn't matter. It's not so... Where the other ones have really been about people that call themselves Christians, this is really about everybody. Yeah. yeah. And it, again, these three things all in a row, definitely, and I think this is what I want to get across today, because uh, I had a conversation with somebody this week about this, but um, is there will be a separation. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's going to make it to heaven. There will be people that go to hell. Jesus was extremely clear about this yeah. um, over and over and over again. And so I don't know. I, I don't I don't know how you argue with it, and 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 there's a lot of people that do, um, and I just don't know how how mm-hmm. because Jesus has been very very clear about it, right. and so this is just one more example that clarifies that there will be a separation that takes place at this final judgment, right. and it's after it's chance after chance after opportunity after opportunity for people to turn to Jesus. And if they continue to deny and continue to reject and continue to mock and continue to turn away, yeah, eventually time's up. Yeah, and so that's really what this is talking about in and, today's. And reading. before you start, too, yeah. so a lot of times, you know, when we read the scripture, we would go back and talk to you about like something that was right before, mm-hmm. just so you have a better context. But what was really interesting to me about this story, so he, we're finishing out. Matthew 25, so it's actually going to be verse 31 through 46. And we're finishing this out. And so what's so, I don't know, it just hit me so hard is literally you flip over the next chapter. And if you read it chronologically in verse in chapter 26, Jesus is arrested and he's literally two days away from being crucified. Mm-hmm. So it's just this imagery as I'm reading this. of This is what he chooses to teach the disciples. The very last teaching that he has for them is about this final judgment. And I found that so interesting because I'm thinking about Jesus fixing to be crucified in two days. He's going to be brought before a court. He's going to be judged. He's going to be sentenced. He's an innocent man and he's going to be judged. And and it just made me really realize it's like he's reminding the people who are reading here you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be judged. I'm going to down a cross and I'm going to be the sacrifice for you. But don't forget there is a final judgment coming. So it's just get this picture of even, you know, you know, the story already, I'm, I know, but it's where, you know, they put the sign over the cross and it, it's a mocking sign where it says, you know, Jesus, King of the Jews. And they mock him with this sign. And, but when we read the story that he's about to tell, Um, He's referred to several times as the king, the king will say. And so I just, I I guess the context for me is a deeper level because I'm looking at what's right about to come for Jesus Mm -hmm. as he's going to go through this. He's going to suffer. He is going to be, you know, take on the sins of the world for us. So it's just a reminder when we read this final judgment of how Jesus is telling everybody this is about to happen and yeah. I'm going I'm in control of, of it but don't forget the final judgment at the end is coming mm-hmm. and I'm going to make everything right there yeah you know so it was just powerful for me to keep that in context yeah. of and and I think too like this as we start reading this this is probably going to be a really familiar story to a lot of people because this story is often used um, to just kind of say, hey, as Christians, you should, you know, take care of the marginalized people, take care of the poor. And and while we should do that, I want you to, to really listen to the words of Jesus here. 
because this has a much deeper meaning than just simply go feed some poor people, go visit people in jail, mm -hmm. all right? It has a much, much deeper meaning mm -hmm. than that. And Jesus is being very specific in who he's talking to and who he's talking about, okay? Mm -hmm. So I think that's all the context we need to give you. There's a lot of context, I know, <laughs> 10 minutes of context, mm -hmm. but um, it's all very important as we get into it. And if you're like, how do you know, Ben and Joy, that this is not in the same timeline as the other two parables, uh, we see it in the very beginning. It says, but when? <laughs> so he finished the last parable. Uh, now throw this in, in, in verse 30. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And that one is very, uh, very clear. He's talking about his return and all that. But then it says, but when? And what's interesting about this, I've never known this before. I learned something, everybody, <laughs> um, is when you read this in the original language. So I looked it up in the King James, and I thought there's a little dot at the beginning of but when. And um, I didn't know what that dot was there for. Mm -hmm. And I learned that in the original language that this was written in, in the original Greek, that dot is actually symbolic of a change in context. Mm. So when they're writing, when the writers were writing something where they would put this dot in and it's like, it's a, it's kind of a continuation of thought, but it's a change of context. Mm. And so in this sense, Jesus has been talking about a specific time uh, in the parable of the 10 virgins and the parable of the talents. He was talking about a certain time. And then there's this dot of I'm continuing my thought. I'm not changing subjects, but I'm changing context. Mm. And so it's a change of context. And so then we follow that understanding. We follow that through with the rest of the sentence where he says, but when the son of man, talking about himself, comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. Mm -hmm. So now to stop you, though, go. Does that have is, is that in different translations? Like mine doesn't have that. The dot. Yeah. Yes, it was just in the original, like in the Greek. Gotcha. So that All helps right. some of us reading. It says, I don't have Yeah, that. you're not going to see that in your English Bibles. Uh, looking it up in the Greek, there's a little dot right there. Gotcha. And that's what that's referring to. So, But even taking in our language, that's where the word but comes from in mm -hmm. the translation is because in the English language, we don't have a dot. Mm -hmm. That means all of that. Mm -hmm. So we use the word but. Mm -hmm. gotcha. All right. So this is what's happened in the previous verses. But when, in mm -hmm. other words, but when he comes, like it's just a different when he comes in all his glory, mm -hmm. which is different because when Jesus is raptured, he doesn't actually come all the way down. He mm -hmm. stays in the clouds. That's the it picture we're we given. we meet him in the air. We meet him in the air. So we go to him. He <laughs> comes as far as the clouds and we meet him in the air. All right. But then at the final judgment that we'll read about here in a second in Revelation 20, it says that Jesus comes mm -hmm. and not does he not only does he come on his own, he comes surrounded by angels. Yeah. And this is where he sets up a throne yeah. to rule the earth for the millennium. Right. And so this is a talking about a different time than the parables before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, did I explain all that well? It's important to understand. Yeah. Yeah. So this is and this is all pointing to a final judgment. So it says the son of man, all is glory. This is the return at the end of the tribulation, the mm -hmm. seven years of tribulation. So he's already taken those that have believed in him during those seven years of tribulation. It says that uh, 144,000 Jews will come to believe in him. It talks about other people that will turn to him during those times yeah, as well. So then he will come and yeah, and there's a final judgment that will take place. Let me read it to you uh, from Revelation. Just so you can kind of tie right. what Jesus is saying here to what he shows John in the in the Revelation book of Revelation. So it's in Revelation 20, and I'm just going to read 11 to, to 15. And so John, if you're not familiar with the book of Revelation, John gets a revelation. So it's not revelations, <laughs> as some people pronounce it, all right? There's only one I'm revelation. I'm probably one of those. <laughs> There's only one revelation, okay? John is at the end of his life. He's a prisoner. Uh, on an island, and then um, he gets a vision of what is going to happen in the end, how it all comes yeah. to an end, all right? And this is part of what he sees, the final judgment, and it says, this is John speaking. He says, And I saw a great white throne, and the one sitting on it. The earth and sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. 
I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne, and the books were opened, including the book of life, and the dead were judged according to what he had to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up its dead, and the death dead, and death and the grave gave up their dead, and all were judged according to their deeds. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death, and anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Mm -hmm. So that gives you another picture. Everybody's coming up. This is the judgment. Everybody, everybody that has ever stepped foot on this earth is going to stand before God at this final judgment. All right. The people that have died before, the people that are alive at that time, like it's all over at that point. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's all over. Um, and, and they will stand before God. Everything that we have ever done and said, we've talked about this the last couple of weeks, is being written down. Mm-hmm. It's going to be recorded. And so it's all there. Okay. Uh, it talks about, um, what did I see there? I guess that was it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Oh, I know. I wanted to tie it in with where we were. So that's the final judgment. This is the final judgment that Jesus is talking about. Okay. If you go on, he says, um, in back in Matthew, it says, then he will sit upon his glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Mm -hmm. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Mm -hmm. So that phrase there, all nations, again, points to everybody that has ever walked the face of the earth. Anybody that's ever lived. Oh, I know what I wanted to show you. (laughs) Um, uh, I just got to find it again. Oh, uh, at the end there, verse 14, it says, um, then death and grave were thrown in the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second Second death. death. So the same way that when we're born, that's our physical birth right that's what we have physical life and then when we find jesus what do we say it's a new life yeah it's a spiritual it's a second birth but we say we're born again we're born again it's a second birth what this is talking about is there will be those that have already died Mm -hmm. that's their first death yeah and then those that stand before God and are found to not be in Christ, they've rejected the message of Jesus. They've not received the forgiveness of sins. They've turned their backs on God. Mm-hmm. They will then receive the second death, which is a spiritual death. Wow. And when we talk about eternal life in heaven, we were born once physically. If you've accepted the message of Jesus and, and received the forgiveness of Jesus, you've made him the Lord of your life, mm-hmm. you are born again. Mm-hmm. That's that's a second life. That is a second birth. That is new life in Jesus Christ. That is a spiritual life. Mm-hmm. And you never lose that. That's powerful. You might <laughs> die once, but you won't die twice. Right. Yeah. I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, that's cool. I thought that was good. All right. So. All nations. Uh, everyone's going to stand before God. And again, we're just going to say it again because we've been saying it for three weeks. Actions is not what saves you. It is faith in Jesus Christ yes. that makes you born again. However, our actions are evidence of our salvation. So now we read the rest. Okay. I'm jumping all over the place. I hope you're That's, with me. Are you with me? I'm with you. Okay. I'm with you. I hope you guys are still with me. <laughs> I'm going to finish the parable so uh, or the story so that we can just talk about it. Okay. Okay. So verse 34, it says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to the when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, that's an important thing. All right. He's not talking about who he's talking to when you've done it to the least of these who were my brothers and sisters, Mm -hmm. I believe uh, you were doing it to me. 
Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger, you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked, you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison, you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, same reply. Mm -hmm. Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty, a stranger, naked or sick, in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are refusing to help me. This is how we know that he's, it's not about who he's talking to, mm -hmm. it's who he's talking about. Mm -hmm. These are now the unrighteous people he's talking to. He's not going to call them brothers and sisters. Right. So he's talking about the least of these are Jesus' brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. And then he finishes and says, and you will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. There will be a separation. Yeah. There will be those that are uh, welcomed into heaven. There will be those that are, are their eternal punishment is hell, you don't separation get a, a, from God. You don't get a clear, um, you know, that's a clear picture of heaven and hell right there. Yes, totally clear picture. And, and again, so this is where before I feel like Jesus was talking about, okay, there's going to be some people who think they, they're okay. And yeah. You know, then they're going to find out that they're not because of whatever. Um, this, uh, this again, this is addressed to the entire world. Mm -hmm. All right. But he's talking specifically. Again, a lot of people take this story and they say, well, you know, you just got to go feed the homeless. You got to do clothing drives. You got to do all that. And, and that's all that you need to do. That's how you and do are that. going to make it to heaven. Do that. That's good. But that's not what he's talking about right here. No. is a deeper meaning. He's very, very clear that when they say, when did I do this? Mm -hmm. when, when did I do all those things? Or when didn't we do those things? He's very clear. When you did it to the least of these, my brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. He's talking about the people of God. Mm -hmm. So he's talking about uh, people that have come into the family of God, those who believe in him as the son of God. Mm -hmm. We are all joint. The Bible says that we are joint heirs with Jesus. That means we are his brother and sisters. If you're a believer in Jesus, a follower of Jesus, not by word, but by action as well, yeah. you are a brother and sister. Yeah. And so the judgment, this final judgment will be standing before God and going, okay, how did you treat my family? Mm -hmm. How did you treat them? And so it says Jesus is the shepherd. He's referred to as the shepherd, and he will separate sheep and the goats to the right and to the left. This is a common metaphor that's used throughout the Bible where sheep, we know he's the good shepherd, we're the sheep. The sheep are on his right, yeah. uh, and they are righteous. That's how it's easy to remember, <laughs> all right? Uh, the goats, on the other hand, are on the left-hand side, and they are unrighteous. And there's all kinds of references to this right. throughout the Bible. This is a really common metaphor where the sheep are the righteous. They are the ones that are um, in, in, uh, that are followers mm -hmm. of, of God, followers of his word. The sheep are the ones that bring righteousness. Mm -hmm. So even in the Old Testament, yeah. under the sacrificial system, you sacrificed a, a oh, lamb yeah. Yeah. Uh, to be forgiven of your sin. Jesus is called the spotless lamb of right. God, uh, and he shed his blood for our sin. So sheep, lamb, righteousness, right-hand side, <laughs> it's all ties together. And then goats, there's a, even, I was trying to find it. I, ne I never did find it. I got distracted. Can you believe that from the way I'm talking? <laughs> I'm all jazzed up on this. Um, uh, goats are even referred to in, in one place. I was trying to think where it was. Even in one place referred to as demons. Um, like it's it's like the evil. Very I'm going to tell you a funny story. I'm going to stop you. Demon goats. My kids had a video game one time. Do you know the name of this video? Oh, yeah. So sometimes your kids can get these like short little things that they. It's like a demo game. Like a demo game. Xbox so they didn't buy yeah. this game. They were trying out this game. Well, and I can't even explain to you. The point of this, I can't explain video games anyway, but it had a goat on it. And yeah. I, I'm i telling you, the goat was de de demonic. demonic. And I was Demon like, goat. I, I could not explain, though, to Isaac why I'm like, nope. I, I mean, I'm not saying all goats, but Isaac, this goat is de <laughs> demonic. You're not playing this game. <laughs> he didn't understand me. And I was trying to just tell him, you know, even that's a symbol for some, um, yeah. like, devil worship. 
is a, yeah. goat, a goat head. Goat head and yeah. So I don't, there's a lot there. We won't go into it, but in the it symbolism has, of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a constant metaphor throughout the Bible. So yes. goats are on the left and they are the unrighteous. Yes. Um, so to kind of give you like a little bit, you know, we're talking about goats and sheep have been talked about in the Old Testament. And one of those scriptures is Ezekiel 34, 7. And it talks about Jesus being the good shepherd and that he's going to tend his sheep. But in, in verse 17, it says, and as for you, my flock, this is what the sovereign Lord says to his people. I will judge between the one animal I will judge between one animal of the flock and the other, separating the sheep and the goats. So there's that reference again between sheep and goats and kind of explaining that that Jesus is the one, that because he's the shepherd, he's the one that's going to judge and separate. Yeah. And and, uh, another thing here, we're just kind of pointing out all, because again, this... The more we studied this, I think the more we saw that this has always kind of... I wouldn't say it's been taken out of context because you should do good things, yes. okay? You should do good things to everybody. But we've missed, we've watered down. I think we've, we've missed the depth. We've watered it down and we missed the depth of what Jesus is saying here, yeah. okay? Um, and so somebody, we were even watching somebody, uh, a video that somebody was teaching on this, and they said, they, they talked about, you know, they both called him Lord. Both mm-hmm. groups called him Lord. But like immediately both of us go, yes, but this is the final judgment. Mm-hmm. And the book of Revelation tells us that when Jesus comes in that final judgment, it says that every knee yeah. will bow, every tongue will confess, confess. that he is Lord. Lord. Yeah. Every king, every nation will bow before him yeah. and call him. When you stand before God at the end of it all, mm-hmm. all right, when you stand before Jesus at the end of it all, there will be no question in your mind yeah. as to who Jesus is. Yeah. In fact, I thought it was interesting when you look at this, neither group questions their outcome. They don't question their outcome. They question how did they miss it? Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the the group that is righteous, they're like, okay, yeah, we did all those awesome things. When did we even do that? <laughs> when, I didn't, when was it you? I didn't even know it was you. Yeah. I was just responding out of my salvation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then you have this other group that's like, listen, I'm not even I'm not even going to argue with you. I obviously did it. You know, I'm guilty. You got to remember, like the final judgment, your life gets read right. to you. But and even going back to the, the revelation chapter explains these books are going to be open. And that's kind of the same with the, the, the talents, the servants, that, that mm-hmm. books being open and you're going to come and, and it's going to the account is going to be read to you of what you did. So that books being open is kind of like more of an imagery mm-hmm. that you see. Well, and it, it made me think of, of this, too, because it was this idea that they both call him Lord. They both recognize, OK, here we are. <laughs> We're in front of Jesus. We get it. And even as their fate is is given to them yeah it's not even that they necessarily they're not fighting it they're just they're trying to figure out where it went where it happened yeah and it reminded me of proverbs fourteen twelve that says there is a way that appears right to mm-hmm. a man but in the end it leads to death mm-hmm. and so I, I feel like there's even there's going to be people that are going to stand before god and we read this in other passages of scripture where people say we'll come to Jesus and say we did this we did yeah. this we'll did this and he'll say department from me I never knew you yeah. but I think there's also going to be people that stand before Jesus and go yeah uh, I never thought you were real mm-hmm. I, I didn't because again this is to everybody mm-hmm. there's going to be people that stand before Jesus and say I thought any God would get me to heaven I was a faithful Muslim I was a faithful Hindu I was a faithful um, Buddhist, I was a faithful whatever, mm-hmm. you know, I thought any God would get me, I thought any God would get me into heaven. Yeah. You know, there's a way that seemed right to a man. There's going to be some that yeah. just spent their entire life mocking God yeah. and mocking Christians and trying to disprove religion and try to lead people away. And, and they're going to stand there before Jesus and go, there was a way that, that, that appeared right to me, but mm-hmm. in the end it's going to lead to that second death. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they're going to look at it and go, when 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 did we miss this? Mm-hmm. How did we miss this? You know, and Jesus is like, I gave you, I, I really believe it's like, I ha- these are all opportunities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? These are opportunities. And to be honest you with you. You had opportunities. Simple opportunities. Simple opportunities and you missed it. Yeah. You missed it. You, you denied it. And so it's this, I remember a long time ago hearing the saying, hell will be full of really good people. Mm-hmm. 
and and I think it will. Yeah. Hell is going to be full of really good people. And and you know, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were talking about a family member of theirs that that confesses to be a Christian, but they're like, I just don't believe in hell. He said, I can't believe that the God that I love, the God that loves me, would be so basically mean and unfair. I can't remember; those weren't the exact words, but basically that the God God would be so mean and unfair that He would send my family and my friends, people that I love, to hell. Hmm. You know. And so we are okay with believing in hell as long as it's for Hitler. Hmm. Um, you know, that's cool. He can go. But for people that we care about, we just, rather than pouring out our lives to make sure they understand yeah. the truth of the gospel, we instead embrace this false gospel yeah. of, well, God would never do that. Yeah. And yet repeatedly over and over and over and over again, Jesus says there will be a separation. There will be a separation. And it's going to be some people that will be separated that thought they were okay. Mm -hmm. And and you you convinced yourself that they were good, Mm -hmm. that they were good enough. Yeah. Right? But there's a definite divide. There's a definite divide there. And like you look at, so you got the sheep and the goats. But he also says the left and the right. Mm -hmm. And if you go back to like, there's a lot of verses that talk about just to my left or to my right. And there's, I don't know if I'm using the right word, but the connotation of that is intense because right means correct, the correct choice, the right way, the righteous way. But then there's also left Mm -hmm. and that represents um, the wrong path. I just wanted to read. So Ecclesiastes 10.2 says, A wise man's heart directs him towards the right, but the foolish man's heart directs him towards the left. And guys, like we're talking way more than just directions. Hey, turn left down at this street, turn right. No, we're talking about two very important things that God's saying here. So, and what kind of stood out to me with this verse, a wise man's heart directs him towards the right, but the foolish man's heart directs him towards the left. Remember the story of the 10, ten bridesmaids? Mm-hmm. What were they? Wise and foolish. That's what separated mm-hmm. them, right? So it's almost a call back to that parable. But here we're seeing right and left. We're seeing wisdom and foolishness. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think you're seeing the division between obviously what the what the you're seeing is true believers, you're seeing believers and unbelievers. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, and I think, again, I'm just kind of pulling out little things. I know yeah, normally we kind of walk through it. Uh, we didn't walk through it, but um, I think the other thing that stood out to me is, they, again, both groups of people, they ask him, uh, when did this happen? Yes. You know, because he says the same thing to them, only in reverse, right? Yes. They had different responses to a situation, and they both ask. And I think, I think what Jesus is trying to show there is that um, it almost – it removes the element or it removes any concern of bad judgment um, <laughs> when he says, uh, because it was like the, the, the goats, mm-hmm. we'll just call them the goats, all right? <laughs> the goats are like, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger naked or sick or in prison and not help you? Yeah. And it's, it's the, the implication there is, hey, man, if we'd known that's what it was going to take, we mm-hmm. would have done it. Mm-hmm. But with the others, they had the same reaction of, when did we ever see yeah. you do it? We like, didn't listen, know that was you, Jesus. We just responded. <laughs> like right. it, was, it really shows the motivation of heart. Which, uh, yeah, because they didn't even know, that's just even the more beautiful thing about how pure their hearts were. Mm-hmm. And I think this is also, it also speaks to this idea of, this is why Christianity is not a faith-based religion. Mm-hmm. Right. Because there's some people that do good things because they're trying to earn God's favor. Mm -hmm. What Jesus is showing here is, listen, you didn't even know what you were doing and yet you were doing it. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you just you were responding out of the love. It's this thing of when you recognize all that God has done for you. Right. Your natural response is to do for him is to follow. They didn't have to think about it. Yeah. (laughs) They didn't think about it. They just did. They weren't motivated by anything other than their love for God. Right. And that's what motivated them, whereas the others were like, they never did anything. and But they're like, hey, if we'd known mm-hmm. it was actually going to affect the outcome of my life, we would have acted differently. Mm-hmm. 
And so, yeah, I just think it, it, it shows like, hey, this is, it, it really speaks again to the motivation right. and, and our actions and our lives, but also speaks to the fact that it's not works-based. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just about doing good randomly. Mm-hmm. It's about doing good as led by God. Right, right. right. Um, um, so something that stood out to me is this line where Jesus says, so he says, whatever you do, the least of these, my brothers and sisters. And that line that says, you were doing it to me. You were doing it to me. Like that was powerful to me because um, it also reminded me of, and when he says you were doing it to me, again, I'm sitting here picturing um, Jesus is about to be crucified in two days. And what were they going to do to him? They were going to kill him. They're going to crucify him. They're going to strip him naked. You know, they didn't give him water. They gave him vinegar to drink. Like they treated him horrible. And I and you look in, in, in Isaiah 53 talks about, you know, he was despised and he was rejected, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. So you look and you see um, when Jesus puts himself in the place of these these people who were naked and, and hungry and thirsty. When, people, when Jesus puts himself and says, hey, that was me. That was me you did that to. Mm-hmm. And then, and he tries to, you know, let them know. It made me think of the, you know, when when Paul was Saul and, and Jesus meets him on the road to Damascus. And what does he say to him? He gets his attention, blinds him, and it says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting who? Me. Me. So it's this thing, it was a reminder of Saul thought he was just doing great for the kingdom of God. Like he, he thought he was righteous. He thought he was persecuting this group over here called Christians. Mm, that's good. But he was persecuting Jesus. Yeah. So to me, like to me, that's a tie-in to what we're reading here of the way that you treat God's people, the way that you treat the least of God's people, his children. <laughs> Widows, orphans, um, the the broken, the suffering. Like Jesus identifies with that. Why? Because he was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, familiar with suffering. It just reminds me too, like in the early church, again, it's another example of it where um, Ananias and Sapphira, they're this husband and wife. and, And, you know, a lot of people in the early church, as the early church is being set up, they it talks about they would go out and they would just sell everything that they mm-hmm. had and they would give to the church so that the ministry could be funded they would take care and the reason for that mm-hmm. if you don't know the behind the scenes of that the reason for that is a lot of christians in that early church were being blacklisted in town mm-hmm. um and where they where people wouldn't sell to them they wouldn't they wouldn't buy from them and so uh, Christians would go, the, the, those early Christians would go and they would sell land and mm-hmm. sell homes and, and they would give to the church so that it could be distributed evenly so that everybody's needs were taken care of. Mm-hmm. And so Anna, it was not a command. It was not something they had to do. It was a response right. of taking care, just yeah. like Jesus is talking about here, is you saw a need and you responded to it. Right. Um, but then Ananias and Sapphira come and they come separately to the elders of the church and the the husband comes first and he says listen i sold land here's the money and they're they're like oh wow thank you and and they're like this is all this is the total sale again he didn't have to give anything right it was not a command that he would give anything and he lies to them Mm -hmm. and says this is all the money from the sale of my house but he had actually kept some back for himself and he struck dead right there in the moment well as they carry that body off his wife comes in and basically they ask her, is this your husband gave this money? Is this all of the money? And she she's she says yes. And she is struck dead right there. And the reason that's given is it says you have lied not to the elders of the church. Mm-hmm. You have lied to, to God, Holy Spirit. to the Holy Spirit. Yep. And so it's again, we have this what we do. So it's not just and I understand that I'm we're talking to believers. I'm, I'm assuming you're a follower of Jesus. That's why you're watching this. That's why you're listening to us. And so it's easy to get kind of caught up in just in how we treat each other. And that is important, but it's also, it's, it's how the world treats the church mm-hmm. that is going to be judged. And, you know, we were chatting before we started here, before we started recording and, and we were just kind of wrapping our minds around that concept of why do we think that Jesus wouldn't take it so serious 
how the world treats his bride. Because when we flip back here in the Old Testament, like, I don't know if you know any of the stories back there, but some pretty crazy intense things happen because God was protecting his people, Mm -hmm. the Jewish people and the New Testament, um, us Christians, you know? So to think that in this final judgment that Jesus is going to be like, oh, it, it, re- it really didn't matter how you treated the church. It really mm-hmm. didn't matter how you treated the body of Christ. It really didn't matter how you treated the least of these. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's scary to have that mindset. And this is why, guys, this is why it is important for us to see what's happening in the world today. Mm-hmm. This is why it's important for us to support the 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 truth of the gospel and not to water it down. Yeah. And not to wash it away because I think that's going to be part of it. Mm -hmm. Like I really do. I think that's going to be part of it is there are those even today in our time that are are quick to mock Christians. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're quick to make fun of the church and to make fun of our beliefs. You're you're seeing Christians targeted more Mm -hmm. than ever. Uh, not more than ever, I shouldn't say that. The early church had a hard time. Yeah, right? yes, true. <laughs> um, we're seeing Christians targeted at an increasing rate, probably more publicly than in a long time. Let me say it that way. Uh, for beliefs, we're mm-hmm. seeing Christian beliefs stripped away, mm-hmm. Christian rights being stripped away. You might think I'm overreacting. I'm telling you, it's happening. Mm-hmm. And it's happening more and more where the foundation of Christian morals is being robbed away because we're being called intolerant because we preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, we're being called hate, hateful and all these different things because we believe in what the Bible says. And so what happens, there's there's two paths that you can take. You can either dig in your heels and say, no, I'm going to stand on the truth of the word of God. But there will be others that will, again, call themselves Christians and some who don't that will reject the word of God and they will literally lead others away mm-hmm. and and really tear down yeah. the the wall tear down the structure tear down try to tear down the values and the morals but but also tear down followers of Jesus yeah. uh, to the point of persecution and I think you're going to see that I don't think I know because I've read the Bible. Yeah. I see where it's going. Um, you're going to see that more and more as we draw closer and closer to the return of Jesus. <laughs> but even just like how just the Jewish people, you know, and how the world views Jewish people right now, the mm-hmm. anti-Semitism is rampant. Yeah. I mean, it's rampant. Right and that's now. one of the things that God and again, God's word is forever. Mm-hmm. All right. So once he says something, he it doesn't change. <laughs> And God said a long time ago in, in the Old Testament, he said, uh, you know, the nation that blesses you will be blessed. The mm-hmm. nation that curses you will be cursed. If you want a fun little Google assignment sometime, just look up the history of nations that have partnered with Israel since yes. the existence of Israel. Okay. Is you're going to find that the nations that align themselves with Israel and protect the rights of Israel, mm-hmm. you will find them to be nations that are economically um, blessed. Uh, they're they're blessed in you know it's not third world country and and all they they are blessed countries in so many different ways yeah. and then the countries that align themselves against Israel they are countries that are perpetually at war within themselves mm-hmm. they have, they're perpetually in civil war they're perpetually at war with other nations around them their economics are in the tank their education systems are terrible like all these things they are an unblessed nation why because there's a verse in the bible that says this those who bless israel my people i will bless that nation those who curse israel i will curse them and it's as true today as it's ever been this is why I know that sometimes, again, this is in the news recently, um, you know, some people uh, struggle sometimes to know where they should stand on issues because of the way the media presents it. Mm-hmm. As followers of Jesus, we always stand with Israel. Mm-hmm. Why? Because God said so. Mm-hmm. And they're his people. And I want to be a sheep, not a goat. <laughs> All right. So something to kind of give a conclusion. Ben always is always saying this phrase all the time. Uh, recently, he's saying he'll he'll preach a message and then he'll say, you know, what are you going to do with Jesus? And I think it's this thing for me as we read this and we represent or as we read it and we see that, you know, 
the brothers and sisters that he's talking about, those hungry, those thirsty, those naked, the ones in prison, you know, the least of these, the ones that were rejected and the ones that were despised and the poor and the hurting, the oppressed, like the ones he's talking about there and the suffering, like it's this thing where now that we see that Jesus is saying, hey, that's me, that's mm-hmm. me, you did that too. With that in mind, we we then ask the question, so what are you going to do with Jesus? Yeah. What are you going to do? Are you going to, you know, turn turn your eye, turn a blind eye? Are you going to um, be like the Samaritan, you know, or the, 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 the priest of Levi that turned their eye away from that hurting, broken person? Or are you going to be that good Samaritan that's going to go and bandage those wounds and pay to put them in their inn? And like, who are you going to be? Mm-hmm. Because it's the question of, what do we do now with Jesus? When we recognize yeah. that's Jesus. Jesus said, that was me. You did that unto me. Then it's just, it opens up our eyes and say, okay, now what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. How am I going to treat all the people around me? As much as we're saying, you know, we're talking about a specific, it's God's people. It's still a true statement. How do I treat people around me? How mm-hmm. do I treat the people around me, my brothers and my sisters, my enemies? Like, um, the people I work with, how do I treat them? Mm-hmm. And I think that is important to say, is it, am I filled with compassion and love or, or not? Because I, the truth of it is, is we can't say that we're followers of Jesus Christ when there's no love and compassion in our hearts. Yeah. It's just not. And that's what will divide us on that judgment day. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> is another heavy one, right? Yeah. So. I'm going to leave out my goat sheep thing. What? So I'm going to leave out my goat sheep thing. <laughs> okay. That's good. That was a good note to end it on, so I'm going to leave it right there. Um, yeah, we yeah, were all, guys, all over the place a little at bit. At the end of it all, again, at the end of it all, we cannot deny that there will be a separation. Mm-hmm. All right? We cannot deny it because Jesus said it over and over and over again. To deny there is a hell is to deny the words of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so our... Our mandate, the commission that Jesus has given us is not to water down the gospel to make people feel more comfortable in their sin. Our mandate, our commission, what Jesus has sent us out to do is to go and declare boldly and loudly Mm -hmm. that Jesus is the way, that we have all been born once, but we need to be (laughs) born again. And if we are born again, we will die once, but we will not die twice. Mm-hmm. All right. That is the promise. That is the eternal hope. There will be a separation. There is a hell. The hope and promise we have is that hell was never made for us. It was mm-hmm. never, it was made for the devil and for those that would follow him. Mm-hmm. But understand that a choice against Jesus is a choice to follow the devil. Mm-hmm. All right. There's only two ways you can go. There's not an in-between. Tell them, tell them the example of Rahab before you get off. So in the Old Testament, there's a story of Rahab where the spies from Israel, they go in to uh, investigate the promised land. Um, it's basically realized that there is enemies in the land. Mm-hmm. And so they have to get out of there. They don't know where to go. They almost get caught. And then this woman named Rahab welcomes them into her home and she hides them while they go door to door looking for these Israelite spies. Rahab is not um, is not a Jewish woman. She is a prostitute. She's a prostitute, yeah. She's a prostitute, but when asked why she does it, she says, because I have heard about your God and I believe that he is true. Mm-hmm. And so Rahab becomes a believer in God and as a result of her belief in God, she puts her life at risk yeah. to protect the people of God. Right. And as a result of that, her and her family are spared. She lived in Jericho. Her home was in the wall of Jericho. When the walls came down, the entire wall was leveled. It says not one stone stood on top of another hmm. except for the house of Rahab. Mm-hmm. The Ra- house of Rahab still stood. A few years ago, I was researching this. I found the image of it. They found the wall. Archaeologists found the walls that they believed were the walls of Jericho completely flattened in a circle around what they believed was the city of Jericho, except there was one anomaly <laughs> in the entire thing. 
everything was flat, but there was one hump <laughs> that was about the width and depth of what the wall would have been. Wow. I believe to be the home of Rahab yeah. because she believed in God and she let her belief turn into actions towards yeah. the people of God. Yeah. She became a sheep. <laughs> And I, to my knowledge, she's in the lineage of, of David mm-hmm. and Jesus. Amen. <laughs> she is. Guys, It's listen, these are true things, okay? It's important when we read the Bible, we read the Bible. Mm-hmm. And we just read it, and it is what it is. And even if you don't like it, it doesn't change it. Don't veer away from it. Don't be a goat that leads people away from it. Be a sheep that comes under the guidance of Jesus mm-hmm. and follows his word in everything that you do. And then when we stand before him yeah. on those final days, we will know, we will hear those words, well yeah. done, as we read in the last parable, well done. And the come you who are blessed by my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. That's what I want to hear. (laughs) And as we go, I want to show you one thing. Show you the difference. I was looking at Joy's notes over here. No. (laughs) Is he gonna make fun of me? Can you see that? Look how nice and neat that is. Things are highlighted. She's drawing pictures. This is the. These are the notes of a chaotic mind, right there. All right, you can't. I can't even read my own writing. Anyway, <laughs> he leans uh, over and reads my writing. I do. She's got better. She's got better notes than I do. So I just read off of hers and I try to jump ahead. <laughs> What's next? We don't know. Uh, yeah, we don't know. We're gonna stick with parables. I like the parables. There's not a ton of them, so maybe we'll just. They're powerful. We'll just do the parables. Yeah. All right. Listen, guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, it is an honor that you welcome us into your homes and ears, and uh, we just hope and pray that you continue to listen, continue to get something out of it. As always, if you have something you want us to talk about, an issue you'd like to us, us to address or discuss, we'd love to hear about it. So you can contact us, direct message us. Uh, email us lunchwithpbnj at gmail.com comment let us know who's watching that's it can't think of anything else that's it guys bye guys have a great week we'll see you next week on lunch with pbnj